0: you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. As we start this year off, um, as we open up God's Word, we just have to realize that Just because we've turned the page on another year, 2018 is gone. Sayonara. How many people are super glad to see 2018 in the rearview mirror? Right? How many people? Best year ever. Best year ever. Loved it. It was awesome. Just because we've turned the page on the year, it doesn't mean that there's still not a, there's a man with a crowbar wanting to steal and destroy. He's still there. And it also doesn't mean that Jesus Christ isn't here to bring life and life to the full. And so I'm I'm looking for us this year, as we do each year, as we do each day, to see that age to age, he is the same. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Jesus is here to bring fullness and newness to your life. He not only wants to restore you and bring you to a good place transform your life, but he wants to make you an instrument of his blessing, that somehow your life might be the difference maker in someone else's world, that the grace of God, that the love of God you've encountered might somehow be transferred through you as an expression, as a testimony, as a conduit to be someone else's, the word in this moment they need. And so God is always the same, and the devil continues to be the same with his crowbar trying to pry things open to steal and to kill and to destroy. But God says, you know what? I'm here to bring life. And I'm here to bring life to the full. And so I don't know what year 18 was like. I don't know. I know what ours was like. It was full of the, one of the most beautiful and one of the most tragic moments of our lives. Isn't that life? Right? It, you, just, you just can't preserve one thing just to be perfect or pure. There's always things that are wanting to run us down, and there are always things that are there just to give us those moments where you're just so thankful your heart could explode. I don't know what God has brought you through, but I I do know the scriptures speak to what God is bringing you to. Right? And I heard something this week. I just loved it. It's not what God is bringing you through. It's why he's bringing you through it. Folks, God is working in your life. He is working in my life. He is working in our corporate lives together that we might know and experience the love of God more deeply, more profoundly, and that somehow we might be like Him, even in our sufferings. I'm asking God to change my life from being busy to being full. I'm asking God to Change our lives from being stressed to being really blessed. Simple consonant changes the whole meaning of the word. Living a stressed life, living a blessed life. Wouldn't you love to move from your cup being empty to your cup overflowing? I believe that maybe this year the joy of the Lord will really be your strength. That there will be established in your life a transcendent joy. A joy that is not from us, but from heaven. That you'll be breathing the air of heaven. You'll be seeing the sights of heaven. You'll be living the love of heaven. That there will be a joy in your life that will be strong enough to see you through every trial. I'm looking forward to a good year. But the only way to do this is to take the word of God seriously. If you take the word of God seriously in your life this year, you will see that kind of fruit. I promise it. I can promise it not on my own word, but on the very word of God. You know, we sing about God's promises being true. There's a great one. That if you take the word of God seriously in your life, you'll see the fruit of that in yours. So as we go through God's word, let's, Let's ask God's word to go through us. Have you ever had God's word go through you? Andy, you are a football player, right? Have you ever had a linebacker go right through you? <laughs> Have you? Yeah. All right, any linebackers here? Maybe we should illustrate this. Really? Yes. All right, we're going to set up Andy. We're just going to all of you, every linebacker in the place. We're going to run right through Andy. Any volunteers? You want a part of this? I don't want any part of this, to be honest. Sometimes when the word of God goes through you, it knocks you down, sorts you out, and then picks you back up again. Andy, you were a football player running back, right? Have you ever had the line just open up like the sea parted, and you went right through? Yeah? Have you ever had that experience? Anyone else ever had a running back? You just like, it's like what's going to happen today about four o'clock. The, the, the defensive line is going to be pushed aside and they're going to just run right. Through. Maybe that's what God's word needs to do in your life. Open up, open up some space so God can run through and have his way in you. Right? Are there any kids in the room today? All right, kids, you're the loud crowd. Let me hear you yell come on yes thank you bryson yes my man loud crowd let's hear it Woof. all right it works okay yes riled up all right all right let's pray father in heaven now we're still loud are we i like it father in heaven we thank you for this day we bless you we pray that as we go through your word your word will go through us tackle us if you need to tackle us lord get our attention Lord, open up a big hole, Lord, so your will and your purposes can run right through and touch down in our lives, God. We want to be dancing in the end zone. Lord, we take your word seriously today. We want to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name. Together we said it. What? Amen. Amen. All right, open your little Bibles. Jeremiah 31. Parents are like, why did he do that to my children? (laughs) It's because, parents, you were too quiet. I had to appeal. Jeremiah 31.3, here's what it says. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying what? I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. How many people just love to hear that this morning? This is what the Lord said to his people. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Hey, before we get to the lovey-dovey part, let me talk about verse 3, the beginning. The Lord appeared to us in the past. You know what? This is, this is a, an exile moment. Jeremiah is talking to the people of God who have been defeated and exiled. They're in a bad way. Loved ones have been killed. Everything they've known has been ripped out of their hands, and now they're prisoners of the Babylonians. And it says here, I have appeared, you have appeared to us in the past. And he's referring to something very specific of the Exodus, right? When the people of God were slaves in Egypt. And so here we have saying, the people that are in Babylon are slaves in Babylon. They're captives. And they're referring to another time when God's people were in slavery. And and they're referring to what God has done. And they're wanting the people of God in Jeremiah's time to remember what God did in the time of Moses. And in the time of Moses, God spoke of his unfailing love, and he led them out of captivity. He did unbelievable things to get them out. He brought Moses, this stuttering, coward, murderer, fearful man, and he restored his life, and he made him a bold, strong, courageous guy who'd been forgiven of his sin, who had found a new life in the heart of God. And he sent him to Pharaoh, and he says, "'Let my people go.'" remember how I appeared to you. I have loved you. You know, as God was doing that new work in Moses, bringing him from murderer into sonship, the God's son whom he loved, God was revealing his love. As God was putting words in Moses' mouth, because Moses, he stuttered, he had a hard time kind of collecting his thoughts and saying what he needed to say, Moses was insecure about his own communication skill, about the way he dealt with people. God was going to have him deal with people in a whole other way. And so God loved him with an everlasting love, and he gave Moses the power to communicate the very words of God. Not only did that, but Moses is credited with writing the first five books of the Bible. Tell you what, Moses came from shame, afraid, broken man, and God, through his love, transformed him into something We all look back and say, Moses was the man. Moses was courageous. That guy was fearless. He wasn't always that way. What made Moses that way? It's because God loved him with an everlasting love. You know, the people in slavery who were trapped under Pharaoh's boot, they couldn't they couldn't work enough. They couldn't succeed enough. They couldn't do anything enough. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh was actually starting to kill their own children. It's like their own life was being sucked out of them. How did they go from that to marching out over a million strong? Not only into freedom, but they were, they were carrying all the riches and wealth of Egypt. Because God loved them with an everlasting love. See, the love of God in our lives is the path to victory in your life. The love of God in your life is God shows you and reveals you to you how much he loves you. The demonstration of God's love in your life and the receiving of that love for you is your pathway to being transformed from a murderer, shameful murderer to a victorious man of God. From a from a <laughs> from a cowardly, excuse-making shepherd to the leader of God's people. He says, I have loved you. Do you remember how I have loved you? He spoke this to the people of God as they were in captivity. They were in a bad way. They saw some bad things happen to people they loved. and They were so discouraged and they were so upset. And God says, let me remind you what my love is like. It is everlasting. You know what's so beautiful about the way this is phrased? That the love of God does not depend on the object of his love, of the beloved. I have loved you with an everlasting love means that God's love for you is not dependent on your performance. Your success or failure in 2008 does not, or 18, I'm a decade behind, baby. Your performance or success in 2018 does not determine how much God loves you right here in 2019. As a matter of fact, you're not powerful. You can't do enough to affect God's love in a negative fashion. You also can't do enough to affect it in a positive fashion because he already loves you with an everlasting love. Listen, for for you to walk in that, the sustaining power of knowing your father's love, it's very powerful. And listen, those are words not only to those in captivity, not only to those in Babylon or Egypt, those are also words to you today. That he loves you with an everlasting love. That the work of God in your life, the work of God in this church, it doesn't take one step forward, not one step, without him telling you, remember, remember, remember. I have loved you with an everlasting love. So why did they have to go through the Egyptian slavery years? 400 years. And I go back to the statement I made earlier. For them, it wasn't what they experienced. It's why they experienced it. It wasn't what they experienced. It was what God was going to bring them into. You see, we often get all hung up on these experiences we've had, and they're real, and they're painful. You don't think 400 years of captivity is painful? It is. You don't think being in 576 BC, the Babylonians coming and destroying, knocking down, burning the temple and killing all the people and dragging some off. You don't think that was traumatic. It was. It's not to belittle the trauma and the circumstances of our life, but we have to acknowledge that it's not what we went through, but why did God bring us through those things? You may have experienced, or you may be experiencing even right now, a terrible loss and a heartbreaking experience. And the word of God doesn't minimize that, not one bit. For God is compassionate and he's kind. But for us, the people of God, we have to understand that it's not necessarily what God brought us through, but why did he bring us through it and what is he bringing us to? Because if you only focus on what you went through, you will never get to where he's taking you. If you only focus on what happened to you, you will never experience why God let that experience happen to you. Some of the things I've experienced in my life, maybe better than yours, maybe worse than yours. But the hardest of things that I've experienced, I wouldn't trade for a minute because what they formed in me. I wouldn't wish them on anyone. I wouldn't bless anybody with my horrible experiences, with my struggles with sin, with my circumstances in life. But you know what? It was in those things that God brought about in me a grace and an experience of his love that I wouldn't trade for the world. So the prophet says, the Lord appeared to you in the past. There's nothing new. I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's the fountainhead. I love how Galatians 2.20 says it. It's talking about being crucified with Christ. And saying, you know what, I'm not living for myself anymore. How many people are just a little bit tired of just living for themselves? No? Everyone's still good with that? Or perhaps I'm in the room with no one who's actually living for themselves. Man, I'd be the one who's repenting today. Forgive me. Just give me a minute. (laughs) He's talking about how he was crucified with Christ. He's no longer living for himself. He wants so much to be dead to himself and to be alive in Christ. And then he says, why would I do this? Because the Son of God loved me and he gave himself for me. You know what that means, right? Loud crowd, kids, you know what it means that God gave himself for you? That means that he went to the cross. He was innocent. You were guilty. We were guilty. But he he took your guilt. Even though you deserve to be punished, he took your punishment. All right, kids, anyone here ever been punished? What's the worst punishment you ever got? Yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. Okay. How? Everyone, anyone ever been grounded? Yeah. Anyone, eh, has anyone ever been spanked? Preach. Preach, little man. You ever had that favorite toy taken away? Yeah, been there. Done that. I get it. I'm still waiting to get some of them back, and they've been gone for 20 years. Man, I really want my G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. I lost that in 1982. I'm not sure I'll ever see that again. But it says, We live for the one who loved us, and he gave himself for us. All of our punishments that God would rightly give to us, Jesus took for himself. Because the Bible says that that God demonstrated he 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 showed us practical ways he showed us his love for us and that while we were still sinners what happened Christ died for us the next part of that verse If we go back to Jeremiah 31, give me my Jeremiah 31 back. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I have what? What does it say? Drawn Drawn you. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I mean, those of us who are big, scary adults, have you ever tried to say hi to a little child and they just run behind their mama? Right? Have you ever had that? How many of you, that used to be you? How many of you are still hiding behind your mama? Right? You know why? It's because you look scary. You look scary to that little kid. You're this big, ugly monster. And you're coming down to eat them. They don't know that you have kindness in your heart. And so they hide behind their mother's skirts, and they just peek out to see if it's okay. Is the coast clear yet? I've had that with many of you. Let me just tell you this. If you are under 30 years old, I did that with you here. And I made myself a decision. I made myself a decision. I said, all right, I'm a scary monster to them right now. But someday, someday, I know it's going to be true, we're going to be friends. Patrick Hogan. Patrick Hogan. Right? I know. When you were born, your head was the exact same size it is now. Man, I was there. I was there. And then you started growing into your head, and it was like, I'm like, hey, Patrick, give me five. And you're like, never. It's okay, because right now, we're okay. I was still okay? Because I just, I know, I just might have blown 25 years of hard work becoming your friend. But, but. But eventually, you came to know me as someone who was kind, except when I'm preaching. And, and right? You, you said, well, okay, Pastor Dave, he's okay. I can try. I'm, I'm not afraid of him anymore. And that kindness draws you. Have you ever had a kind person in your life, maybe a grandpa? I had a very kind grandpa. It was easy to approach him. It was almost like you wanted to draw. You wanted to find something to be able to talk about with him. Have you ever known a kind person in your life? Even just a little bit kind, kind of a safe place to land when things are a little bit crazy? You're just like, man, I just need to go sit with my grandpa. I just need to go talk to my friend (laughs) or my pastor. It's going to take me 20 years to get Patrick back. But when the scripture says, I have drawn you. Put it back up for me. I forgot it. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. That God would have you know that he is a safe place to land. Unfailing. Unfailing. I might be a nice guy, and generally speaking, when you come talk to me or you share your problem or you share your joy, I'm like, I'm all in. But every once in a great while, I might be in a bad mood and not be that kind or not be that understanding. You might know someone who generally is good, but you know what? You can't always predict 100% that that person is going to accept you or have compassion on you or or even help you because people do not possess unfailing kindness but we can taste it in one another we can taste it when a kind word comes it's like medicine to our soul the scripture says that God will draw you to himself why because of his unfailing kindness he is a safe place If I started talking to you and interviewing you guys, all of you of different ages, different backgrounds, and church and different things, sometimes our perception of God is not that He's safe, it's not that He's kind or compassionate. We're having a conversation this morning about churches that can be very rigid and demanding and, and, you know, get in line or get rejected. And sometimes in the name of God, you can be the purveyor of shame and embarrassment and exclusivity. God help the church. That comes from us, that doesn't come from God. It doesn't mean that God's word doesn't say that if we come to Him and we love Him, we obey Him, we do. But the scripture is very clear. That if we come to him, even with our sin, and we bring that before him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Now listen, it's so important that we understand God's love and God's kindness in this moment. It's critical. This isn't trivia. This isn't, oh, good to know. I never heard that verse before. Interesting. This is life-changing, foundational, transformative. The testimony of the church of God and this divine community of which you're a part of in this moment right now depends on it. That you would know the everlasting love of God and the unfailing kindness of God. Because I want to read you another scripture. I want to read you another scripture. It comes from Jeremiah 33. Just two chapters later. Jeremiah 33. I think it starts with verse 2. Thanks, Doug. Let's read it together. Ready? This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Verse 3. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I love those epic introductions. I love, go, go back to verse 2. This is what the Lord is, and he, and he makes this introduction. Who is Yahweh? Who is the great I am? He is. The maker of all the earth. Say maker of all the earth. earth. Loud crowd. Say maker of all the earth. earth. No, I heard way too many low voices. Young people, loud crowd. Say maker maker of all the earth. Say the one who formed it. The one who established it. The Lord is his name. What does he say? He says, call to me. Call to me, and I will answer. Call to me. You know the Lord can; he has he can say whatever he wants to say. And so much of the scripture and even the world we live in, God speaks all the time. God is still speaking. He is still speaking in his everlasting love and his unfailing kindness. He's speaking to you. God always speaks. But there is something in the heart of God that asks you, that invites you, 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 young ones, old ones, to call him. Have you ever called God? What is his number? Hey, Siri, call God. Which God? Jake <laughs> Get out of here. Maybe that's why Jeremiah gave the great introduction. Siri, the God who formed all of the earth the God who established it. You know, where did the word call come from? Before we had phones, we had the word call, right? Call doesn't just mean telephone someone. It used to be you'd make a telephone call. But before telephones, how did people call? Yeah. Have you ever seen those those signs? Maybe, Maybe I'm dating myself in stores. It's thank you for coming. Please call again. How many people have ever seen those signs? Right? I'm like... When I was like this, I didn't call, I I came here. I don't even know the number of this store. Because my mind thought of calling as a telephone call. No, calling means to come. So when you call someone on your phone, you are coming to them. You are asking them if they will answer you. Jeremiah says, call, God says through Jeremiah, call to me. How do you call to God? I mean, maybe in the most religious terms, we call that prayer. Pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. Calling, sort of. Listen, in its purest form, calling means to come to God, to come to him. And ask if he'll answer you, engage with you. All right, Grant, call me. Okay. That's pretty good. Hi, Grant, I'm answering. What if, what if we did the old-fashioned call? What is my loving kindness doing to you? Right now, yeah, you got it, brother. You got this, see? My kindness, my man is calling me. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks How for calling me standing next to me and, and like wondering, what if he's just going to ignore me? All right, let's redo this. All right, you call me a second. Just go back down there a second. We're going to redo this. All right, go ahead, call me. call me. Call me better. Call me more. As if I were to be kind. Call me kind So, the Bible says, <laughs> that is not, that's that one. When, when you call on him, sing it for us, just sing it. Just please, <laughs> I beg you, I beg you, hold on, he's going to sing us a song, go ahead, just sing it. When I call your name, you said, you'll be right by my side, you'll be right by my side. When I... <laughs> The CDs are available at the Welcome Center and online at grant.com. He wrote a song about that. When you call on God, he won't do that. Do you see how rude that looked? Some of you are getting offended on behalf of Grant. You're like, what is he do stop it? That's mean. And sometimes we think God is mean. He doesn't answer. I love how the psalmist says it. Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord, he says, for he hears my voice. He hears my cry for mercy. And I want to end with this last thought. And then we're going to take communion. Hearing the voice of God is one of the wonderful ways we experience the love of God. Hearing the voice of God. Experiencing the call, us calling and Him answering. Us stepping forward and Him receiving us. This is, is one of the most profound ways we experience the love of God in our lives. And I think many people, older people, even some of you younger people, you hear about the love of God, you understand in your mind, he loves me, but you've had no experience of the love of God in your life. It's just an idea. It's just something that preachers say. But how do we really know it's true? People that know that it's true have called on him Sorry, Grant, I need you again. I know, you're just texting. You're putting it on social media right now. Okay. People, people that have really experienced the love of God, they have called, they've come forward, and they've heard God answer. This is it, man. Do you feel the love right now? I feel the love, feel the love too. This is good. It's good. You got a song about love? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> so so here's, here's what I... Tonisha, don't you put that on social media. (laughs) Me and Grant hugging up in church. Listen, I'm a little distracted. What I'm going to, I'm urging you to do is really call. Put your phones away. Don't just raise your voice to God. Some of you say, oh, I'm calling, I'm, just, I'm driving in my car talking to God. That's good. But it's a little bit like just shouting across the room like Grant originally did. Hey, Pastor Dave, call on him, which means come to him. Allow his kindness to draw you. Let his everlasting love pour over you. But you need to Call. You need to come. We're having these weeks, this week of prayer. I know as well as anyone, theologically speaking, you can pray anywhere in the world and God will hear you just the same. It's not where your body is, it's where your heart is when you pray. But I want to tell you, if you actually, if we say, let's make this a sacred space and gather together and let's call to him. Let's put our bodies together in proximity of him. And let's, let's see if he'll answer us. I'm serious about that. If you can't make it, you can't make it. There's no harm, no foul, no shame. Seek the Lord, pray fast. Set something you love aside for a week just because you want to say, I love the Lord more. I need to just demonstrate that a minute. But do something more. Do something different. Call on him. Come to him. And maybe it's our prayer meeting. I'd like it to be our prayer meeting. I think God will do something very special if we in force gather together for a couple nights, the week after next, and seek him. And the promise of God is that he will be found. That he will answer. And here's the thing. This This is where I'll end it. He will show you Will you put that up for me, Doug? He will show you. Next one. You had it? Nope. He will show you unsearchable things. Unsearchable. How many people would love to just see some unsearchable things? Man, answers for questions you've been having all your life. Problems you've not been able to resolve for so long. Situations that you can't figure out in your mind. The prophet says to God's people, call on him, and he will show you unsearchable things, things you could never unravel, figure out, or understand. But if you call on him, he'll show you. Stand with me. Let's pray. Um, I could ask the ushers to bring the uh, communion stuff to the front. Jesus loves you, this we know, for the Bible, help me, tells us so, little ones to him belong, we are weak, but he is strong, God's demonstrated his own love for us, and while we were sinners, while we were in weakness, he died for us, we're going to set the elements out here, and I'm going to invite you, come down the center a bit, grab the stuff, and then go form groups. If you're here with your family, I encourage you, family, gather together. If you're not here with anyone, any family members, I am inviting you to party crash any family gathering in this room in the next 20 minutes. So if you don't know, just walk up and say, Pastor Dave invited me into your group. And then just say hi, and they'll make room for you. And what I want you to do is just take the communion together. It's very simple. Someone in the group can speak up and take the cup. Here, Dave, let me have one of those. Take the cup and just say, thank you for the blood of Jesus that forgives my sins. And everyone else say, yes, thank you for that, and drink. And then someone hold up the cracker and just say, thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken so that my life can be made whole by Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. And then eat the cracker. And then take a couple minutes and pray for each other. You don't have to make it long. Don't make it long. You don't have to share your life story. No time for life stories. Go out for lunch afterwards if you want to share your life story. But just pray for each other. Say, Lord, bless that man. Lord, bless this young person. Maybe the Holy Spirit will show you something specific. That would be great. So now, Lord, we just thank you for your word that provokes us. It tackles us, Lord. That's a tackle. Some of that stuff was like three linebackers at once tackling us about coming and calling on you. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you make a way. That, God, we, you, you make a way for your purposes in our life. And that, God, you love us, everlasting love. Your kindness is drawing us. I pray for anyone in this room that feels they could relate to God looking, feeling unkind, that, God, you would draw them to yourself today. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ, that even as we gather in little groups, they'll ask someone to pray for them and say, I want to come to Jesus. And, Lord, you'll do that work in them in this room tonight, today. We love you, and we thank you for your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you guys...